fighting education ignorance. I'm Kimberly Kay, and I cannot believe we're here. I'm Melissa Marie, and it's been a long time coming. Yeah, but we've been having fun, but we're here, we're here, we're here. Before you and I were fighting the ignorance in education, we had a family that advocated for education, and that really shaped who we are today and a lot of the reason why we're here. As huge, huge influence on why we might want to do a podcast about education at this time in our lives. And so when we were thinking about this, we decided that there might be no better way to introduce ourselves and um, what we're all about or why we might be headed in this direction than to introduce you to at least one member of our family. And uh, so that's what we're going to do today. We recorded a little interview with our dad. Papa Ron, and we'd like to share that interview with you today as an introduction to who we are and what why we're here. Now, you'll have to excuse us in that it was one of our first recordings, so we've come a long way in our technology, as you probably are going yes, to hear. Yes, we have, all because of our fabulous student interns. You will hear in this interview that we have, uh, we were a little lacking in the beginning of this endeavor. So if you'll just uh, hang with us and cut us some, give us, give it, cut us some slack. Grace. Give us some grace. grace. That's it. Grace. Um, we'll be back at you in our next full episode with fabulous tech all the way through. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a brand new podcast for you. I think the subject is going to be redshirting. Is that not it? Yeah. Academic redshirting, just like they do in the big leagues, but with school. All right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that on our next podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to hearing from you. Um, you can go to www.edumacatedpodcast.com and uh, take a look around, see who we are, what we're about. And our interns, read their bios, look at their pictures. It's pretty cool. Send them fan mail. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be hilarious. I can. All right. Enjoy. Do you know what edumacation is? And if not, what do you think it means? I don't know. I've heard of it, but I don't know. I have no idea what it would mean. Edumacation? Um, I've heard that term before. I haven't really thought about what it means. It's just uh, education, but slang for... I don't know, I considered it kind of like, oh, it's a redneck term. Oh, I'm going to go get my edumacation type of approach. Yeah. Uh, I never really thought about what it really meant. I do not. And it's slang. It sounds like slang for education. Do I know why I'm here? It looks yeah. like I'm probably... I don't mean in an existential sense. <laughs> Not why you're on the planet. Why you're I'm in a probably school. here to help educate a couple young men. Oh. Oh, really? What about some young ladies? What about some just people? Well, either that or I think people. he's speaking of our... I of just our met two young men. Interns. Our interns, yes. Yes. They are going to be educated along the Noah way, for sure. Noah and Dave. Shout out to Noah and Dave. Can you imagine why we would want to talk to you for a podcast about education? That's fine. I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. Well, that was the first question. 
So, Papa, tell us about your connection with education. My connection with education, oh my goodness sakes alive. Uh, instructor, coach, administrator, athletic director, board of education. That kind of hits years? the whole area. How many area. years has that spanned, Papa? How many years? Oh, well, I, right now, totally with education, I'm, if I, you don't count kindergarten, and just the education after graduating from college, I'm on my 54th year. Now, the majority of that was spent as a teacher, yes? As a what? Teacher. Mm, well, probably 28 years in the classroom. Right. The rest of it in the administration and the board. So, so 54 years is a pretty large chunk of your of your life. Can you uh, can you talk about why you have chosen to stay connected to education? Well, the main reason the reason why I have stayed uh, connected with education is for the students, to be honest with you. The great interest in in the lives of of kids. So, is that what drew you to it in the first place? Do you think? Um, I think even in high school, I always wanted to be a physical education instructor and a coach instead of a farmer. You mentioned being a a, a PE teacher and a coach. Has that been your most satisfying role, or have has there been another role you've played in those 54 years that's been the most satisfying? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I, I would say that probably the most satisfying was being an administrator and an athletic director because you cover much more ground than just the uh, classroom. So having a more, a broader influence, an impact? A broader influence on not only the students that you run into or the athletes, but um, adults. So you liked bridging that gap. You liked bridging that gap between the adults and the students. So knowing that, um, what kind of influence do you think your, your career choice has had on family? Wow, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, th I think that, uh, having set the example and, uh, and et cetera, um, has drawn the family to the point where my daughters have been influenced to see that their children, um, do the very best they can in their education and get the very best out of it. So if you had students, so, so you know what influence you had as an educator on us as a family. Right. When you think about your students and if there was, if their families were disconnected, do you think it made an impact on their education? Correct. Your students and the athletes? Yes. So the families were pretty important, right? Right. Did you ever find that families, family members thought they knew best or knew more than you as an educator? No, I never felt that. You didn't? What about community members? Did you ever feel community members knew more than what you know as a educator? 
<laughs> yeah, well, I think you have to be honest about that one. Yeah. We are Every, being honest. That's why we're here. Everybody knows more <laughs> than you do. Yep. They think they do. Put they it think that they way. do. You're yeah. right. And that's what brings us here today. Yeah. That's so right. what's been the biggest challenge in education from your perspective since you started 54 years ago? The biggest challenge is the connection between the student and the parent and the uh, support that the parents mm-hmm. give the students. That, that, that's been one change. Um, so you're seeing the, less of that? I think you see less of that because of the situations at home. Um, both mom and dad have jobs. Um, the kids are involved in too much, too many activities, and uh, that comes before education, and that's not the right way to go. Hey, do you remember? Do you remember what what our major extracurricular activities were? Yeah, band, band, <laughs> band, and a few and a few plays here and there. Mom wouldn't even Mom wouldn't even let me be a brownie or a Girl Scout. Oh, I got to be a campfire girl. Yeah, don't even start. You got to go to preschool too. Yeah, back then they didn't have all the activities that they have now when. And um, people did not push, people did not push uh, for perfection like they do today. They, they let the students or the child be the child instead of pointing to a certain direction. Because everybody today thinks that they're going to be the all-American. And that's not true. Pretty soon, the child gives up because they've had enough. They've been hammered that's at sad, so much. That's sad, right? It's really sad. But, well, it's sad, but that's the way it is. So a lot. So, Dad, a lot of a lot of people. You know, if you just stop the average Joe on the street corner and ask them what they think the state of education is right now, you get a lot of different answers. But most of them run along the line of of how bad it is, right? And how it's not serving uh, the population the way it should be, right? So I always wonder what it is they're remembering. Like when was it great, and what are we what are we mourning the loss of? Do you think? Wow. Uh... Or is that togetherness, just togetherness. Is that just a natural human thing? We just think everything's worse than it used to be. He said togetherness. So community, sense of community. Right. They're remembering. So school was a was the hub and was the commu- the center of community for most families and most neighborhoods and it's not that way anymore. That's not that way. And that's what they're remembering, how they grew up and how closeness it was. Um Support, support of the uh, teacher or the instructor. Um, today, it's the opposite, pretty much sometimes, uh, where it's the teacher's fault, it's not my child's fault. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, but that's the way it is. 
So a lack and, of understanding. Right, lack of complete understanding. Well, that's that's kind of ironic if you think about it because they're they're mourning the loss of something that they're contributing to. And they're not contributing to it. So I have a Take question. a look in the mirror. Michael Jackson. Take a look in the mirror. Um, I have a question about policy. What do you think the disconnect between policymakers and practitioners in education? Where is that disconnect? Well, experience. Okay. Experience. Do you think there's a willingness to, to have that experience? There's a lack of willingness to have that experience as policymakers? They're not willing to go to have the experience? No, it goes back to the one question we talked about before. They think they know more than you do know about it. But they haven't had the experience. They haven't had the experience. And that's a big disconnect. Without without naming names, can you uh, can you think of any time? <laughs> I'm stepping in it. Can you think of any time without naming names um, that you can that you can share with us as an example of that? No, not really. I, oh, so you I, can't do it because you'd have to name names. I, I'm edit. just saying that a, a lot of your people that are sitting behind the desk at a government, at the legislatures, and they have the um, education department, none of them have ever served in that capacity. They've been elected to that position or chosen to serve at that position, but they haven't experienced standing in front of students along the way and getting the experience. Probably most of them one last two weeks. <laughs> You're probably right. We should all make them serve as guest teachers in the classrooms because we have a guest teacher shortage. That's right, and I've always, <laughs> and I, that's right, and I've always said it's time that the administrator of today, that's been an administrator several years, it's time for them to take time out and get back in the classroom periodically and do a lesson or two. Well, and that leads, that leads to the follow-up question, which is, which is can you think of or do you have any idea of how this, this disconnect, how this rift can be healed between policymakers and practitioners? That's one way. But it right sounds there. like that's what you... That's one way, like, or even even go in and visit. Be a visitor. Yeah. Oh, but they do, don't you know? Like I see, don't you, don't you ever see the news reports where they go in, they read a little story um, to all the kids sitting around them, and you know they come away with lots of lovely platitudes. But you're saying it needs to go deeper than that. Deeper than reading a story on reading. <laughs> Month March. of March. Yeah, March is reading month. March is reading month. It does a heck of a lot more than going in and reading a book, The Nightlight Dragon. It's not, it's not meant to be a PR Whoa. campaign. That campaign. book sounds fascinating. It's a, it's a very fascinating book. <laughs> yeah, right. 
So, Papa, you Just can look for that book, a copy a of that book, in our show notes. Yeah. Be a guest. Be a guest. And see what's happening. I don't care what level. It could be a kindergarten level. It could be a college level. It's a great advice. Do you think teachers and, and school leaders would be open to that? Well, they should be if they want to, if they want to increase education. Mm-hmm. so that the people have an understanding of what's mm-hmm. going on. Some mm-hmm. of these guidelines that they have you uh, follow, they were good at one time, but they're not anymore. So it's about, it's about context. It's about them having that sense of context. I think, I think classroom teachers are very proud of what they do, and I think they would be delighted to have policymakers in their space to share what's happening, to not only share the celebrations, but to also share some of the frustrations as well. Correct. Bring it on home, KK. When was the last time you visited a classroom? KK. Me? Yeah. Uh, Last year. Last year. Um, I'm uh, in my... In my son's school, uh, they have a construction called Crew, and it begins in sixth grade. It will go through 12th grade, and you are part of a group of 12 to 14 students um, that will remain the same through uh, your entire tenure at the school, and they meet twice a week. And I am a crew mom. And they conduct uh, lessons. It's a place. It's a place where they can bring in um, special lessons that are outside the regular curriculum. Um, it's a place for kids to learn over time uh, to have a where they can have a safe space. Talk about things that are bothering them. Talk about policies in the schools that they don't feel serve them, etc. And I I have participated a couple of times in that particular classroom. Step in the right direction. There you go. You get props. You get props, KK. I got some props. I was in a, I was in preschool special education today. That was lovely and so fun. That was lovely. It was. It was so okay, fun. Okay, let me tell the real story because that. No, was they're lovely. adorable. No, they're absolutely delightful, and it made me smile. My cheeks hurt. <laughs> you mean all right? Bring it on your home. Face hurts, not it your did. teeth. My, what were you doing cheeks, to your teeth? My cheeks hurt from smiling so much. Oh, cheeks. Yeah. I All right. said teeth. So we need to wrap this up by asking Papa if he has ever heard of the term edumacation. Papa, have you ever heard of edumacation? Do you know what edumacation means when that word is being used? No. Not really. Okay. Did you just squeak? <laughs> that was a no. That was a it was a it was a high pitched no. He has not heard of that. Okay. So, thank you, Papa, for spending this time with us. I got some jokes. Oh, you have some jokes. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, we we, we want to hear your jokes. Well, here we go. I should say. Um, I should say our interns are on the edge of their seats, ready to hear your jokes. They've been waiting a week. <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> Where does the general keep his armies? I don't know. In his sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> These are G-rated jokes, by the way, because we have a G-rated population. Yes, for the for the PG thirteen and uh, yeah. podcast, okay. you'll need to switch stations. 
What do Alexander the Great and Winnie the Pooh have in common? I'm completely stumped. No idea. The same middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Dave is crawling out the door right now. Our our intern Dave is crawling out the door. He's writing them down, actually, so he can go home and tell his family. What is... Oh, here's a good one. What did the left eye say to the right eye? I don't know, Papa. Oh, my goodness gracious. Between you and me, something smells. <laughs> Thank you, Papa. And went without lunch. You're welcome. We love you. Hopefully, okay, it was, Papa, uh, you. hopefully it's beneficial to the people that are being educated. Absolutely. That's our hope. So do we.